When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. morning good afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen wherever the case may be thank you so much for joining in to another episode of red fellas red fellas with a difference today because as you can see i'm here in spirit like more than spirit i'm actually here but i'm not actually here i am so tired i am so knackered i am battered i am so fatigued but i had to make it back for the show so I'm here in spirit, but I think Cav will do most of the hosting and talking points. And I'm just going to do something completely different. I'm actually going to enjoy the highlights while we're on the show. I'm going to be so rude. I'm trying to add Conroy to the thing. How do you add Conroy to the... Conroy's here as well. Conroy, There's Conroy. There's Conroy. Hey. <laughs> um, we are here, people. <laughs> Liverpool. Progress. To the next round, because I don't know what round this is. Is it round three now? Round third round, three. Chris. We third are round. into the third round of the FA Cup, people. We have gone to the Emirates with pretty much a whole heap of players missing and turned over the third best team in the Premier League. I'd like to say we smashed them to bits, but we didn't. Or did we? Mentally, maybe we smashed them to bits because... We done a proper rope a dope on them. People, we're gonna hear, we're gonna speak. There's over 150 of you guys already camped in. You already know what to do. If you don't, you're not from these ends. You're not from these ends. 
If you're from these ends, you know what to do. Smash the like button. Subscribe if you haven't. I have got the team of the team of the team with me. I've got Cav, I've got Evan, I've got Conroy, I've got Keith. We are all here. I may be showing signs of energy as the show has started, but it's soon going to die. <laughs> it's soon going to die. Just like Arsenal died in that second half. I may have started real strong. I may be gegen pressing like Arsenal, but I'm soon going to run out of energy like the Gunners themselves. Kev, how are you, my friend? Hope you're doing well. <laughs> hey, I wish I could match that energy. I'm not going to lie. If I start shouting in this house, Listen, I think I'm out. By the way, by the way, we have already got comment of the night in the chat. Chat, if you can beat this comment, I'm telling you now, you are <laughs> going to be nominated as like uh, chat of the of the of the year this is the best chat of the so far slap the like button like ubu and nunes slap that poor fella's head <laughs> that guy i just seen goal highlights i haven't seen anything else you guys are going to talk me through the game that guy's head got slapped differently so if you could slap the likes like that guy's got head we're on to a winner i'm so sorry kev <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. That is so funny, man. When he's just slapping like, and then Ibu grabs the hat and just throws it as well. Like... <laughs> and I've seen on Twitter already someone's someone's put an Arsenal on it, and then the Premier League title is the hat, and then Ibu grabs it, and dashing it away. I was like, yeah, that's what it's about. Um, yeah, oi, I'm great. I'm great, man. I, I I was looking forward to this fixture. I'm always looking forward to seeing Liverpool play at this minute. This new team away Arsenal. It's a test. FA Cup, we still got, I think if we're going to go on to win this game, there's still another five games to play, I believe. So still a long way to go in this, but um, I was looking forward to it. I felt confident, even despite some of the absentees. And um, look, it was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a great game. We'll get into the details a bit. I personally don't get too excited about the FA Cup until we get into like semi-final, quarter-final kind of stage. But Look, you faced against the big side and we need to go out there and start beating big sides and prove that this team is what this new Liverpool team is about. And um, they've shown it today in, in some ways. Um, so, yeah, I'm feeling good. A perfect way to sort of finish the weekend, really. Conroy, Cav says he was really looking forward to this game. He he, he wasn't really pressured. He, you know, FA Cup, blah, blah, blah. We know your record in domestic cups isn't great. I know you felt a little something, something today, though. Is that for me or Evan, Griffin? Evan, I beg your pardon. Evan, your record. Sorry, yeah. I'm so Carabao, sorry. Carabao Cup, Evan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm Cup, so Evan, sorry, yeah. Conroy. Evan, <laughs> your record in domestic trophies, with domestic trophies and love of domestic trophies, we know is a little bit, mm, a little bit, mm, but today even you must have felt a little something, something. Well, yeah, because I, I felt, and I generally don't get, uh, sucked into these types of things, but I, I felt the Arsenal fan base had to pay for some truly criminal tweets in recent weeks. You know, I, so I wanted Liverpool to go full throttle. Um, you know, pitch was looking a little little waterlogged, but we'll get it. <laughs> um, but no, nah, I for the occasion for for all the things that we'll come on to and have said already, I wanted to make a statement against the title rival. And Arsenal, that's how much I respect you. I consider you a title rival. I want to make a statement against a team that I'm upset we didn't get three points against uh, recently. And I also want to win things. You know what I mean? 
I, you know, I, I was such a hater in 21 22. I was like, <laughs> cups, yeah. cups. and then we ended up winning both of them in spite of me, just despite me. The club ended up winning both of them, and we played every single game possible. Um, and now we, we've gotten the, the big one out of the way, and and you know, it's just on to the next domestic cup. So the fun never ends, Grizz. It, you know, it's just one domestic cup adventure after the next. Um, but I, I've come around, you know, you guys, you guys have, uh, we've done changed. it. Yeah. You we've changed me positively. You rubbed off on me yeah. in the right way. You know, what can I say? I got peer pressured into it. You know, just when you think you're out, etc. It happens. It happens, bro. Big up Mo Chatras in the chat. Mo, of course, Liverpool finance man himself is in the chat. He says, always love it when we put Arsenal wastemen in their lane. Conroy. Hello. How are you today? North London was like the North Pole or Bonnie Scotland. Today was cold. I chose the right hat. I chose my missus's hat. I have no shame. I have no pride. I have no pride in admitting that. I had I, I left with the wrong hat and then I told her to just chuck me any hat. And she said, Well, this is the only one I can find. I said, just chuck me it. People were wanting to play with my pom-poms all <laughs> afternoon. Pom-pom reveal. Hey. Bro, they wanted, everyone wanted a bit of my pom-poms today. I didn't care, Conroy, because I love it when we win at Arsenal. Yeah, definitely, Grizz. I mean, it is freezing, and that's coming from someone who stays in Scotland, but it is freezing. Um, I've got my dad's dog this week, so even walking him, it's been a quick, brisk walk because it's, and he likes a long walk, but it's just very, very cold. Um, but on, on that Emirates, as I've said, since I've been on this channel, I, I think there's been so many times we've went to the Emirates, played well, but not been ruthless enough. And I know we've had good results, but there has been times where I felt like we, we created so many chances that we should have battered them in certain games and we didn't. And it's always annoyed me going to the Emirates. So I know we're going to discuss today, but the fact that that's happened, I, I've got to be honest, I love it as well. Because I just, I think since they've moved there, we've, we've not always put them to the sword. There's been good examples as of recent years, but I always think it's a, it's quite a good achievement. Um, check to, this out, Con. Check, to that check this out, Con. Check the record. I was astounded to read yeah. the actual yeah. record. No, I, no, I, I looked at that as well. And honestly, don't get me wrong, guys. I think it's more like just a psychological thing in my head. I, I always think of the, do you know, the 17-18, we're 2-0 up. Then it's three yeah. two. Meza Ozo scores that goal. So I think, and then I think we had the when we had the first title run, we draw one one. Lacazette equalises. James Milner scores the penalty. So just seeing oh, those yeah. moments and big moments for us as a club, it's just it's got in my head. So you're probably right. It's, it's definitely more a it's a psychological thing, not not a statistical thing. So on that today, it, 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 I know we're going to go into it. And I'm not meaning to jump the gun, but today kind of felt like a. Do you know how you just kind of have a certain notion when you go to certain stadiums that you just feel confident that even when you're pretty poor in certain aspects, you can just get a result? I don't think we had that at Arsenal previously. I know we're going to break it down today, but that was a... I feel like if you're them after that, that is a massive psychological blow. You know, for, for being on their side of things, I know we're going to break it down, but in general, Grizz, we're going to speak about that man again, but I know he doesn't score, but... They, when Jota comes on that part, Arsenal must fear him because talk, he just does talk. things. He just he just does things, doesn't he? We're going to talk on the psychology up. of Diogo Jota. Saeed TV says, still no watch-along losses. Maybe I need to watch. Maybe I need to stop now. He's been doing watch-alongs in the hope that Liverpool lose since start of season. Hold that. 
Keep doing watch alongs, bro. Keep doing watch alongs. Um, this is the look at this. Look at this comment. Look at this. This is what I mean. We're making fans everywhere we go. I'm a West Brom fan. <laughs> I think I support Liverpool. This is how we feel. We're, we're, we're good vibes, Keith. We're a, we're a magnificent football club. I honestly, I, I look. I'm not. I am being biased, but I don't give a shit. We're magnificent. We had seven and a half thousand taking over North London today. I can't explain to you the mood that we walked into. Like, I wasn't really looking forward to it at the start of the week, and I tweeted so. I was like, mm, FA Cup, semi-final, three days away, a few injuries, uh, Arsenal away. I don't care if we get dumped. Yo, when I got off at Highbury and Islington, Keith, I was marching like this to the game. Yes. I was marching like this yes. to the game. I went yes. to get into that stadium, and I was going to say, come on. Bro, that was me. That was me. Listen, this is arguably, if you look back at the past, past few seasons, this was the biggest FA Cup third round tie that there has been. When was the last time two title rivals played each other in the FA Cup third round? Uh, it was a big deal that going into this game, there was a psychological warfare. Because we go to play Arsenal again at the Emirates, not too, not, uh, not too far away. Three weeks. We nicked points of them and derailed their season. We're in a title race with them. We were going in there like Frankenstein. We were patched together, right? Patched together. So many players gone, right? It was all about psychological warfare today. And when I tell Brilliant you, segue. there's a reason why that guy, yeah, there's a reason why that guy is a sort of fan. He's a fan because it doesn't matter what Liverpool side's going out this year, this season. These players are going out to win football matches. F all your excuses. F all your, we had chances. We had the better chances. We've heard too many managers say that this season. All that matters to Jurgen Klopp and this Liverpool team is getting the job <clears throat> done. This is what I love the most about these guys this season. Uh, Cam, lineups were announced. Um... Look, we knew there's going to be positional changes, possibly definitely personnel changes. That's the lineup. The big news of the afternoon was Virgil van Dijk misses out. Thankfully, it's just illness. It's not an injury. I guess there's a massive sigh of relief that it's only illness. Ibrahima Konate is asked to step in. And we're going to get on to individual performances, but that's the lineup that comes out. What are you thinking? Mm, yeah, the Virgil Van Dyke absence was um, my stomach drop. To be honest, when when I when I read that, you know, that's one guy that we cannot afford to miss this season at any point, especially during January when both Salah and Ender are away. We've seen how amazing he's been back uh, back this season. So, uh, thankfully, it's just an illness. Hopefully, he'll be back for Fulham on Wednesday. I believe our next game. Um, but look, it provides an opportunity for. Jarrell Konza to step in again. And for me, every time he's played for Liverpool, he's not put a foot wrong, other than giving away the penalty in that in the Palace game. But even that was sort of can happen. I think he's been brilliant. And, you know, this is a proper, proper test away at Arsenal against a, tie, a side that likes to move the ball. They're fluid. Their players will rotate positions. It's going to have to be switched on for the entire night. And um, I thought that this would be a great game for him to showcase whether he can step up to that level. You know, yes, it's the FA Cup, but really this is, a you know, you could say this is Premier League level football for him to experience, you know. Um, and look, we can talk on him later, but I thought he played brilliantly well and he, and he answered, you know, the question with flying colours yet again. 
Um, and then you think about the pairing as a two with Ibrahima Kamate. For me, both kind of acted like number twos in their time here. Kwanzaa's understandably is a young man. But one of them's going to have to be the number one in the defence. One of them's going to have to be the leader, the talker, the guy that uh, that, that dictates where the, the line is, how when they drop off, and everything and everything that goes into being a leader and a number one centre-back. And, and I think Ibrahima Kamate stepped up today. We'll talk on him later. Um the rest of the lineup kind of picks itself, to be honest with you. The absence of Salah and Endo. Uh, the only thing that's a bit surprising is I think it's shown there as Harvey Elliott at the right side of the three midfield. But I actually thought he played more out on the, the wing and it was Cody that was deeper. Whether that was circumstance because of how the game was going, I'm not too sure. Um, but yeah, Elliott was further forward than Cody. Cody was more midfield. We'll, we'll talk about that in particular in the first half. I don't think that particularly worked well, to be honest with you. And I still don't like Cody Gakpo in midfield, especially on the right side. It just don't work for me. But again, you know, Diaz found some form in the last few games and then Nunes to sort of finish off the side. Um, and yeah, look, oh, final one, Curtis Jones, again, been playing brilliantly. Possibly could have put Graham Birch in there for him, but look, it's Arsenal. You've got to take this side seriously. And that's, I think, the strongest side we could have put out, in my opinion. Not sure if you guys agree with that, but that's what I would have gone with. And I was quite happy to see that lineup when I when I did. But you know what? Sorry, just to say, Cav, that's interesting. The strongest side and I'll throw this game out there is kind of like, that was the strongest guy, side we could have put out. To me, it felt like this was one patch up too many, right? Like, literally, we basically changed four, five players from the previous game to put this side out is something that worried me. I don't know how, and I'll shut my mouth now. I go back up mm. to Evan. I don't know how you felt, but going into this, I just kind of felt like maybe this has been one change too many, and that actually today was going to be the day that it may come to bite us in the backside. Yeah, Grace, you're on, you're on you're Sorry, on I was going to say Ev, did, we didn't we didn't have any choice, Ev, did we? I mean, I get Keith's concern for one change too many, maybe possibly, uh, but. We didn't like our bench. The only senior players on our bench remaining was Graven Birch and Jota, who was probably strategically placed on the bench, especially he's come back after injury, and we fucking need him in the next month or so. I don't. Did we have much choice? No, not really. And to respond to what Keith was saying, you know, you, you say, okay, well, this is one rotation too many. We've been square peg in those round holes all season. How how often have we played with a true number six this season? Probably eighty percent of the games we haven't. If you can if you consider Endo a true lone six, then twenty percent he's played because McAllister is not a lone six. Um, we lost Robertson pretty early. We've been playing with a, a second choice uh, left back. Um, we've been playing. Uh, Kanate was slow to find fitness this season. He's only just now getting an extended run in the team. So we've we've been. At, at second best in positions, we've been square pegs and round holes. We've been having people fill in just to do a job on a day. So, and, and yet we're still where we are in terms of all four competitions and, of course, where we are in the league table. So I think it is the, the collective is carrying the weight for what we might look around and see our awkward individual situations. So the, the amount of rotation didn't scare me today. Obviously, Mohamed Salah guarantees you a certain level of threat and output, and we obviously suffered, I think, to make our chances in transition count because of that. But we'll come on to that later. Uh, I don't know why I keep messing up. 
There you go, Conroy. Sorry, I'm not bullying you, and I'm not doing this on purpose, Conroy. You know, I would never dream of doing anything like that. I'm just <laughs> pressing. Too, I'm just pressing too many buttons at the same time. I'm confused. You know, I wasn't meant to host. I'm kind of taken over hosting <clears throat> duties from Kev. I'm bullying everyone. Today. You, you just, you just. Hey, I don't give Chris, a shit. Basically. Chris, we're gonna do a clap on you. Just keep talking and keep talking until the legs <laughs> fall off, and then we'll just pick up. I, I can hear his battery expiring right now. He's starting to get a bit cranky. He's <laughs> lashing out. This is like, you know when you get the adrenaline rush, the last bit of adrenaline rush before you just completely like freeze out, right? It's that last, I'm giving the last lease of life. Conroy, game starts. I couldn't see where we're going to get out from their press. Their press was magnificent. In that opening 20 minutes, it seemed. I don't know how long you guys tell me why I'm wrong, if I'm wrong. Um, but I couldn't work out how we're going to get out of this press. We kept trying to play football. There was Gakpo situation. I'm totally spot on about, with Cav, what he says about Gakpo. I don't think it suits him. He doesn't know how to make himself available. Or maybe he's not being asked to make himself available. If he's not make, being asked to make himself available, what is he doing as an eight? Because Curtis Jones was asked to play further forward and left McAllister the only option receiving the ball I just thought it was chaos but not our usual chaos in terms of for the other team it was chaos for us no definitely and I think it is a good point to raise about the press I actually thought it was quite impressive by Arsenal I think you do have to give some credit like it was a very very good they managed to sustain that press as you say for 20-25 minutes and it caused us all sorts of problems again though like I think I've watched your show last night, Chris, and the show on Friday. And every time it seems to be Gakpo seems to be quite a, a divisive like um, topic at the moment. But I, I have to go back to my, what I, I've said previously. I think he's a victim of his own like positional flexibility because he mm. keeps getting put in these areas. And then people are like, oh, he was poor today. But it's like, I feel like other players get a run in the position. He seems to just get, oh, he can do that job there. And again, I feel like he's not a midfielder. He's not. He's definitely not a centre midfielder. It's, I sometimes think it's unfair to judge him on that, where because he feels like because he has got football intelligence more than and better football IQ than other players. I think Klopp does that at times, and I, I don't. I don't get it to be honest. I think like you could have tried um, Elliot. And Jones is in that position to start with, um, with McAllister. So I agree. I think that just didn't work at all, and we we couldn't get out. Um, Arsenal started like you know a house on fire. And to be fair, they had the first chance was was Reece Nelson. I think that's within the first few minutes. Uh, Aaron Ramsdale does play a great ball over the top. To be fair, uh, rounds the keeper and just misses. But again, you could you could say that's great goalkeeping by Allison because he doesn't dive to possibly give a penalty. Puts the onus on the player Brilliant. to make the decision. Very Schmeichel-esque. I would say yeah. that that's what Schmeichel should be so good. And that that kind of emphasises, which we all say, like when he retires, this is going to be a conversation. He is he is he the best keeper in the Premier League ever? But what I, we always say about great goalkeepers is um, they just have an aura that puts pressure on the attacker instead of the goal being massive. They just they just put so much pressure on the players uh, who get through one on one. And I think you see it again today. It's just I'm not going to spend too long on that. But Alison, unbelievable. But yeah, the, to be fair, Arsenal, I think we can't be in that. Um, Delusional. I think Arsenal started brilliantly, um, and to be perfectly honest, like you said, Chris, I, I, I think we were brilliant defensively. But it comes to a certain point in football where that the, the, their lack of finishing has to come into it as well, and and they did look quite. Um, well, it's, it's a hard one. I think some some chances were great by us. Other chances, I think other teams would not give you a. 
you would you wouldn't you wouldn't it wouldn't be nil nil if that was another team. If that was a city, maybe even a bit lower, probably even Villa in the form they're in, I feel like that they would have taken those chances. Just just my personal opinion. What did you make of that opening half? Could you see light at the end of the tunnel? That opening thirty, I'd say to me it looked like thirty minutes of pure like it looked like a horror show for thirty minutes. Then I thought yeah. we grew into the game. Then we started seeing McAllister and Trent control proceedings a bit more without looking threatening mm. we, we controlled the the tempo of the game because it was it was like arsenal were like playing like men possessed for that opening 20 30 minutes um yeah and did we grow into it in your opinion we grew, we, we grew into the game i think largely due to the fact that arsenal at some stage could not keep up with that mm. high press intensity right and i always think that in those situations you have to score your goals early to really get a foothold in the game when you start a game like that. And I think that it was the the Odegaard hitting the bar chance, which for me was even bigger chance. That chance there, when Go Joe Gomez uh, plays a pass across the box and, it, and all hell breaks loose. For me, Arsenal have to score there. And I think once they start missing the chances, all of a sudden the the form starts to tell on the players because there were other half chances they had where... You could just start to tell that they weren't really feeling themselves. And, and and I think Liverpool started to grow into a little bit of confidence. And all credit has to go to, even though I don't think that he had the best game in the world in terms of chaos as much as he does, I felt that Darwin Nunes once again gave us an, a, a release valve to just get the ball up the pitch. I thought any time that the ball was going to let be let go, like because a lot of the times you had to go long, I felt that he gave us an option to just get out of that half. Because going back to what I was saying at the start, because we had made so many changes, remember, we've just lost Endo, right? We've just lost Soberslai. Um, we've just lost Mohamed Salah. Uh, we've just lost Virgil van Dijk, right? These players, we've lost our abilities to build up from the pivotal, back. So pivotal the, players. Pivotal players. And you've got Cody Gakpo and Elliot who... You could tell that Klopp would wanted them to rotate. They wanted to kind of almost share the burden of the eight and the wide position. And it, at times, they looked so confused they were stepping on each other's toes. So it was up to Luis Diaz and Darwin Nunes, really, to give us at least an opportunity to just get up the pitch. And I also thought that it was up to Trent. And you know how much I'm a big... I, I'm not the biggest fan of him coming into, into centre midfield. But actually, on this occasion... I thought it was it helped us a lot because it allowed us just to have somebody who had the vision to kind of look up, spray the passes, and not rely on Kanate and Kanate um, uh, and and Konza to kind of figure it out and pass the ball themselves. Because as great as they are defensively distributing the ball, they're not the best in the world at that. So once Trent started to get, because Arteta tried to use Jorginho to press Trent to begin with. And I think that after Trent started to find a way out and, and, and start to find some space, all of a sudden we started to actually get out and, and, and really get out of the box. So that's where I felt the changes really happened. I thought Diaz, Nunes, in terms of getting it out anywhere they could, Trent getting a little bit more, more space in terms of picking up the ball and, and making the distribution. But my conclusion would be just that the reason why we started the way we started is because, again, too many changes. And then, and, and it's not Klopp's fault. It's it was it was forced upon. But you know, uh, people. If you're gonna make me, that, that if, yeah, if you're gonna make that, if you're gonna make that many changes in a high, ferocious game like this, that's gonna Arsenal gonna come out fast at you. You know Arsenal are hurt. 
That's three. That was two defeats in a row at home. This was going to be their third. They were always going to come out Cav flying. And with young Kwanzaa and Konate last minute inclusion in the team, then you've got Gomez, who's just recently started playing left back. You're going to get that. McAllister, after yeah. a long a lot of long-term injury, or not long-term, but a few weeks out, add to that Gakpo, we're going to get that. I, I mm. think looking now, the way you guys have explained it to me, and calm me down because I was panicking in that first 23 minutes. But now, looking back and reflecting, and this is the beauty of our chats. If you, if you, if we analyze it and logically think we were going to have a bit of a rough start, but it was important to have the right mentality, ride the storm, stay in there because what would that would have is an adverse effect on Arsenal's mentality, which was also fragile. And the mm. longer the game went. The, I'm telling you now, the crowd was dead in there on their behalf. Wow. Um, we we ran the show in terms of crowd. I don't know. Hopefully, it came through on the on on the TV screens. They were nervous as fuck, and you could mm. see our confidence growing. Yeah, look, I think Keith, you make some great points with uh, the changes into the side and how that can affect your sort of rhythm and starting off the game with a bit of momentum and so on and so on. I agree with that, but I think what we did in this game was accepted when Arsenal were the better team and we didn't panic. Yes. Although they although they created chances and they were the team in the ascendancy, don't get me wrong, their press was very good. They were pushing us into corners where we had to go long at times. I think Nunes improved in his link-up play, but I actually thought there was a few occasions where he was just being beat to the ball by Saliba and they were able to sustain attacks. They were, they were probing, they were fluid. Odegaard was getting space on the ball. He was able to link up with uh, Saka and and um, and the other, Nelson, I think it was, on the other side. And Havertz was, was, was doing okay, to be fair. His touch was tidy and clean, linking football together. And, and they were moving the ball about. They were getting into the 18-yard box. They were getting into dangerous areas. Yes, Odegaard hit the, the, the crossbar, but I can never really, unless I'm missing it, I don't feel, I felt like they were the better team and I was worried that a goal was coming because they looked like the side that was more likely to score but there wasn't clear cut chances there wasn't one-on-ones there wasn't like a, a shot that was just narrowly wide or what have you I just felt like they were the better team without really testing Alisson and um and the thing I liked about Liverpool I just mentioned it we didn't panic and and these are players that could panic you know Gomez we've seen before can make a mistake much like when Saka dispossessed him and he can crumble in games he didn't he didn't he just continued to put his foot on the ball continue to try and move it, recognise that Liverpool will build into this game. They will grow into this game. And he didn't throw it away. Kwanzaa's a young man, recognised that, Jesus Christ, i got I got um, Saka running beyond me. i got Odegaard in front of me. Did he panic? No. He just recognised that's a little bit of pressure. Let's continue to defend. We'll work our way into this game. Canate was very good. Trent, as you spoke about, started to come in field a bit more, started to cover his fullback on a couple of, uh, his defender on a couple of occasions, started to be a bit of a leader, as that game was going on, I just felt like there was an acceptance look that we were away. We're playing a top six side. We're playing Arsenal, who can play brilliant football. This is their strongest lineup they could probably put out. You could argue maybe Martinelli on the left side. And I just think at the start of that game, we recognised that as long as we don't concede, let Arsenal have their moment and let's try and just build in this game and get our foot on the ball and slow it down. And I think I noted at 15 minute in, we did exactly that. We got our foot on the ball. We slowed things right down. It didn't completely stop Arsenal's attack and pressure, but it allowed us to have a bit of a bit of breathing space. And we just went from there. And yes, Arsenal were the better side, but that's exactly what 
an experienced, mature team will do because you're not going to be the best team for 90 minutes of every game, especially against the top six side that are as good as Arsenal. And I was really impressed to see, whilst I want us to be better and I want us to be the side that's creating chances, I was really impressed to see that they could withstand pressure because that is proper mentality to be able to do that. Didn't concede any goals. We talk about what we go on to do. So that period, although it's not nice to watch, you can take loads of positives from that first 30 minutes. Uh, I couldn't have put it better myself. Uh, even if I was fresh and energised. That was brilliantly said. Luis Las Vegas says, people take off them shoes as you enter the room with cream carpets, aka smash the like button. Close to 200, 450 of you guys in here. We're about 15 away from 200 likes already. Not a bad ratio. We can do better. Ev, I think have spoke my mind and I hope to get your opinions. Joe Gomez. He made a point about Joe Gomez. We have spoken about when Joe Gomez has a stinker in recent times no apart from this season when joe gomez has a bad start it ends up being a horrific game it ends up being one of those hall of shame type game scenarios the difference in mentality the difference in performance the difference in everything about joe gomez was personified in that opening well in that game because he was liable to make an error every time he got the ball in that opening 10 minutes, it seemed. But my God, by the end of the game, and we obviously get on to the rest of the game, but my God, his performance was impeccable by the end. I don't think anybody expects Joe Gomez to put in some sort of final third masterclass when he's uh, playing as an auxiliary fullback for us. If, if, if we can get a good contribution from him in the final third, then great, but no, we're we're not we're we're not going into a game, and we're certainly not planning around that being a focal point. We, we in an ideal world, we don't need that, and we didn't need that. Um, and the same can be said about sort of him on the ball in build up. Is it going to be the cleanest? No, he got caught on the ball a few times in the opening spells when their press was uh was looking good. But in his defense, there were far superior technical players getting caught. Uh, in the press as well, McAllister for one. Um, so he wasn't alone in that regard. But the the one thing we do game plan for when we have Joe Gomez as an auxiliary fullback is we need him to lock up the winger that he's playing against. Yes, sir. And so far since uh, Costas has gone down in the wake of Robertson going down, I think Joe Gomez has been largely flawless defensively. I, I can't I can't really think of many occasions where he where he gets beaten too easily or he's not where he's supposed to be. In a way, it's making us a more well balanced team. Like obviously, we all want Andy Robertson bombing up and down the line like stamina that doesn't even exist, making us all tired just watching him famously. That would be great, and that should be back soon. Um, but. In a way, Liverpool have unlocked a new way to defend transitions because um, yeah. the, 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 guy, the guys at TIFO Football pointed this out um, a few weeks ago when talking about Trent's inversion. Um, one of the reasons you invert a fullback is to make sure that when you turn the ball over, you're not just getting stormed through. The teams aren't just storming through the middle in, in transition. Like it, so now when Liverpool turn the ball over, teams have to go wide, right? So 
And but if you're forced into a wide situation with Joe Gomez one v one, there aren't many um, players in the league that are faster and or stronger than him. So well, this is it. yeah, I mean, look at that shape. That pers- that exactly explains the shape that you're describing. Almost we have now three, either three out of the four, whichever three are chosen out of the four in this formation pretty much end up like a three centre-backs at the back. Kwanzaa, Konate and Joe, in today's case, Virgil for any one of them in a normal situation. Um, it just, as you said, it just totally nullifies this perception or maybe not perception, maybe sort of correct uh, assumption of we're weak, we're slightly weaker, can be slightly got at in transition. This nullifies yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. And if, if you can imagine a vintage Robert, Robertson display that number two, change it to Robertson's number. It's probably closer up to number 17. Um, just a, a true wing back role. And, you know, Jarrell Kwanzaa, for all the promise um, and expectations that he's exceeded so far this season, I think we can all agree that out and out pace isn't uh, his strong suit in, in his game. Um, so you need someone with the top speed next to him, like Joe Gomez, um, sort of not not necessarily holding his hand, but making sure that Saka is not seeking to expose him, um, that you know players aren't slipping in behind behind his shoulder too often, and what what I was going to get onto that the Tifo guys pointed out was that Liverpool have faced the most direct attacks in, in the league this season. Teams plan to go direct at Liverpool, but if you have Virgil Van Dijk and Ibu Kanate as the isolated center backs facing these direct counterattacks, that's that's hard because Kanate and Virgil are the physical equal of any attacker in the league. And the same can now be said about Joe Gomez. So, yes, we've isolated our left winger at times. Yes, we've given maybe Luis Diaz a bit too much to do by himself on the left wing at times since Joe Gomez has stepped into left back. But at the same time, we've added an extra layer of security um, to a team that teams seek to exploit in a direct way with wingers. So we, we've uh, we, we've given up something since our two starting left backs have gone down, absolutely. But what we're getting in return from Joe Gomez is nothing to turn your nose up at either. We're going to go on to some couple of more individual performances as we get into the second half chat. But nil-nil at halftime, Conroy. And by halftime... I was of the opinion we've done the hard part of the shift. I sensed in the ground, I don't know how you guys sensed watching the game, we had a sense of we're going to step this up and they're going to crumble. Honestly, God, we had that feeling around the ground. Don't know why, don't know where it came from because the performance wasn't scintillating. But it just felt like the crowd, the players, it felt like they had swung as hard as they could in that opening few rounds and just couldn't deliver a knockout blow. And now it was our time. And we had that man Jota on the bench, as we said, to get into their heads and brains. How did you feel half-time? What did you think? What changes needed to be made? Well, I feel, as I say, we didn't play well um, attacking-wise. So I actually think when Trent hit the bar, just about the 43rd minute. I think yeah. that was quite a good time because it, I know it sounds a bit daft, but I do think it maybe gave the team a little bit of confidence. As you said, Grace, Arsenal had threw everything at us 
and it was still nil nil. Then we created that chance relatively quite easy. It was great skill by Gakpo actually, um, Zidane turn, um, and then but and then played Trent in. But it felt like we we created that quite easy. So I was you could look at that to the second half. We could create but that shot. Like that. Sorry, sorry to jump, Carl. That shot, the technique behind that.
who the best front three is like together as a unit yes. who's the, who's the undisputed starting 11 and then yes. people become oh well i'm a darwin supremacist and gakpo sucks or i'm a gakpo supremacist <laughs> and diaz sucks and this cool. that and the other. it's like people are obsessed with only having three and and yet we all we we all cried for years when Devakarigi was our fourth choice attacker, we all cried because that was unacceptable. That was unacceptable. And now that we have two completely acceptable front threes to play on any given day when fully fit, we, we it's like we don't know what to do with ourselves. My mentality is not what is the best front three if we were to play a Champions League final tomorrow. My thing is get the job done on the day. And and that's and that's the reason that's the reason the numbers are the way they are. Mohamed Salah is going to put up numbers no matter what because he's the only undisputed starter. But nobody else behind him is really running away with Liverpool's goal output statistically. You know what I mean? Everybody everybody else is kind of like sitting in single digits in terms of contributions, and that's great. That's great. It doesn't always look fluid because it's not the same front three week after week after week. We were spoiled by that with the Mane, Firmino, Salah era. So it's not as fluid as that. You have younger guys plying their trade, but let's not get obsessed with trying to find out who the best front three is because there won't be any Champions League finals this season. It's about maintaining a certain pace over 38 games and then seeing if that's enough to win a title. And right now, we're on course to do that, knock on wood. So I just wanted to piggyback on that because I think it's important. We we um, we had many highlights by the end of the night, uh, by the end of the evening. But one of my highlights was meeting Omar again. I've met him before, obviously, but I met Omar oh, nice. at the. I, I told him to meet me at the Peri Peri shop. He didn't have the decency <laughs> to buy me any wings, um, but we but we had a good chat in the cold for about 15, 20 minutes, bro. Big up, Omar. Um, uh, oh, nice seeing you today as well, bro. Thank you very much. Um, it's always nice seeing people that watch the show that subscribe to the channel it's the most humbling feeling ever so shout out all of you guys that mm. came up and said yo we love watching you guys you know we you really make our day when we speak and you really make our day by by tuning in guys we the, the feeling is mutual let me tell you that for a fact um i want to i want to start i can't hold back anymore guys yo what's good big up yourself he says thoughts on kanate on the ball there's a lot to be desired. In my opinion, Kwanzaa on the ball. Wow, his passes. Um, did did anybody good. look good against Arsenal's press today in terms of build-up? No. Yeah, like, like, like I said, I, I watched more technically superior players than Gomez and Kanate struggle yeah, against exactly. a good press. So. I, I was going to say, yo, what's good? You normally make some amazing points, but tonight's not the night to speak on Ibrahim Kanate like that, even though I know you didn't mean to. Because Keith, I, I want to I, I want to start talking about some individual performances, man. And Jurgen Klopp, I, I I flipped through Twitter. I haven't watched many of the highlights live. You guys, as I said, will do it. But there's a quote from Jurgen Klopp, and he says, "I asked Ibu Kanate to look to the left or to, to look to the left or the right. Someone tell me what exact quote was." Yeah, it left was to the right. right. Yeah. yeah, left to the right. Look across the defensive line, basically. And, who, and who's going to take charge today? Take charge. And then he and said, yeah, said, me. Me. I am here. 10.52, Sunday the 7th of January. I'm here to tell you guys that was the coming of age of Ibu Kanata yes. tonight. 
That was Ibu Kanate's performance. You, you, some may say the Champions League final was, and of course, that was a one-off amazing, amazing, amazing performance. But today, without Virgil, that everyone keeps telling us is babysitting him or holding his hand through games, without Robertson, who is another leader, without Thiago, who is a leader, without... Salah, who's a team leader, you know, so many captains missing from today's game. Ibu Kanate said, hands up, I'm taking over this back line. I'm taking over this defence. Thou shall not pass to Arsenal Football Club. Sorry, have you wanted to say something? First of all, I just want to say that block that he made right before Odegaard uh, hits the bar. Um, Havertz, Havertz tries to lay in a tap-in for Nelson, I, I think it might have been. And he comes through with one of with one of the best put out the fire tackles I've ever seen. Just just would have been acceptable in any era of football. I was gonna say I thought I, I can see what people mean when they say this is the coming of age because he looked like a world beater without his world beater teammate next to him. So I I, I totally hear that. But for me, the I am here, I'm here sort of performance from Kanate was at home against Arsenal at Anfield when he locked up Martinelli in open space over and over and over again. Here's the thing. People like to talk about leaving players in their eras when we do comparisons. Like, why are you comparing Pele and Messi? Don't do that. I I generally agree with that. But for me, that you absolutely, absolutely should not do that for center backs. Because I'm sorry, I don't mean to pick on him, but John Terry... Like, he could not leave his box and go defend wingers in transition with 50 to 70 yards of space on the line. That's that's just not who those players were. Vidic, Rio, that's not who those players were. These, these center backs that can step in and play wing back if you ask them to, everybody in the league is doing it, they are a different breed. What they are doing is, in my opinion, the biggest jump that the game has made in terms of player profiles in the last 20 years. What, what, what now members of a, what now members of center back cores are asked to do is light years away from where it was in 2004. For, for example, that that's, that's my hot take on the state of the game. And where I'm going with this is that I think Kanate and Virgil epitomize that that's the profile that we sort of exclusively shop for in the market and it's a bit of a unicorn profile and you really, really can't take it lightly. And Kanate, that performance against Arsenal at home a few weeks ago, that was one of, if not the best performance I've ever seen in the flesh from a footballer. It was just monstrous. I I, I just, I can waxing he's... lyrical. He's incredible, incredible. No. Keith, you're going to have a whole section now on this part. Keith, this is all, this is all your section. But this is segues. The chip chats are segues about what we're going to speak about. What we now have is a plug and play team. And you know, mm. like Cav said, when he saw, when he heard Virgil's not playing, he felt sick. We all feel sick when Virgil's not playing. But my God, we have got players that can just come in, plug and play kind of thing. Uh, just one more super chat before you go, Keith, completely on 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 Konate and Kwanzaa, because mm. Kwanzaa was. Fucking ridiculous as well. Second time Manny Hafe run. Second time Saliba and Konate on the same pitch. Second time, clearly the outstanding defender, Keith. Absolutely. Yeah, I, first of all, I totally agree with Evan. I thought uh, the obsession with Sky Sports and Saliba um, in the Anfield game 
completely oh. took away from the fact that Konate was the better defender in that game. Okay. Why I thought he, he, it's yeah, not even it, close. It wasn't even close because <laughs> arguably close. he locked up Martinelli like like Martinelli at the end of the day just kind of gave up after a while. What I love the most about Konate has always been the fact that to your point, Evan, he not only defends his centre back, his actual position, but he defends for two men. He's been doing it all season. Maybe at time to the detriment of his own physicalities and why he keeps picking up niggles. Great point. Because he's having to cover Trent Alexander-Arnold all the time. But he's the best defender in the world at doing it. What I thought today was his coming of age is, you know, we're all human beings at the end of the day. You know, he woke up this morning arguably thinking, I'm taking a rest. I'm going to be playing in the Fulham game. And I'm going to be sitting on the bench. So he's gone from, from that to then being told that your captain's out of the squad and then told that actually, because we've got a bit of an injury crisis as well, you're going to have to look after Gerald Kwanzaa uh, and you're going to have to lead him as well as obviously lead a back four that's never played together this season, right? Not nice. played together this season. You've got your DM that's just changed because it was Endo that was pretty much in that position. Now it's McAllister again, right? So all of a sudden you've got all these changing and moving parts and it looked like this team has just, they play together all their lives, that, that back four. To go to the Emirates and get a clean sheet and lead your back four to get a clean sheet at the Emirates when you're playing against an, playing alongside an understudy, for me, is, is, is something that really like boggles the mind when you think about it. This is Arsenal Football Club. This is arguably supposed to be one of the best teams in world football. This is arguably supposed to be, you know, you got your Saka, Martinelli, and, and, and all these kind of players, Havertz, they pay a lot of money for. And Canate locked these players up, helped to guide Gerald Conza through the game. And Gerald Conza, for, for what I love the most about him, is that, Evan, you touched on it, his pace, he might lack, what he lacks in pace, Reese Williams also lacked pace. But the biggest difference between those two is he reads the game so well. And he knows yeah. to be. He'll, he knows he might not have the pace to be able to catch him up, so he's not going to put himself in the position where he needs to be chasing all the time. But when he goes in for those tackles, rotted man, he went in for one crunch. Oh, of a tackle. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I wanted to play with my own pom-poms. <laughs> that tackle got me so hyped. I cannot, I cannot explain. Cannot. I cannot explain. I because i guys, I've been speaking about Quantum. Please back me up on this. Don't turn yeah. on me now, guys. Don't stay with no, me. No, now. No, it's your time. I've been talking about I've been talking about Quanza's ferociousness and that nastiness he's got about him, which Reese Williams, bless him, hasn't got, which Nat Phillips didn't have. They weren't as quick. I mean, they weren't quick. I think Quanza's quicker than them two, but what Quanza's got is this nasty snipe tackle. The dog. I love my center back. The dog. The, yeah, the dog in him, there's the Americans. The, the dog within. The dog, the within. dog within. Cav. Yeah. Um, mm. The second half, Kwanzaa, Konate, yes. But um, we make a double change. Alexis McAllister was always going to play 60 minutes after such a long time, especially mm -hmm. with Endo being out. We need him for the next few games. We know this, right? So he was going to play 60 minutes. Um, Graven Birch comes on and help me out here, guys. Uh, what's the double? The Graven Birch and Jota. Graven yeah. Birch and Jota come on, right? Mm -hmm. Um and automatically, we just start singing the Jota song. 
uh, if you guys are watching at home, you suddenly start thinking, okay, there we go. Time to get out the pom-poms. Here we go. Diogo Jota settings. Here we go. There was a nervousness in those defenders. There was a nervousness in the crowd. It's amazing how a player has such a psychological effect on a club. Yeah, because he's a goal scorer. And, you know, we just know that he's got a record of scoring against Arsenal at the Emirates, I believe in the FA Cup as well. So it was like we've already seen this script before, you know. Someone in the needs... chat hit me up with this uh, Jota stats against Arsenal. Goals and assists. Yeah, it would be great. It would be great. But um, Graham Birch and, and Jota, even though Graham Birch is a young man, there are two senior substitutes. And they're the two guys, you know, that would be our go-to to come on and change the game. The rest of the guys on the bench were relatively young and we see mm. two more of them come on later in the game. But I think what was so pleasing to see when the subs come on, it, it, it tweaked for me because obviously we made the change at half time to put Nunes on the left, Diaz on the right, Gapo on top, Elliot drops into midfield. Um, and then you see Graham Birch come on for McAllister, Curtis drops into the six, Graham Birch goes on the left, Jota comes on up front, and then that only helps Nunes on the left and Diaz on the right and so on. And I just thought, one thing that this Arsenal team is a good team, don't get me wrong, they're a great team actually, they're a great start in 11, okay, and they have okay substitutes in, in Ketia and, and um, Martinelli come on and Trossard's an okay player as well. But that's so, that they're stuck with that 11, Whereas what we have is we can yep. move our players around the pitch so much and we demonstrated that at halftime. And then again, when the substitutions were made, that we've got a left-sided eight that can then go into the six. We've got a striker that went over to the left. We went the left side of forward, went over to the right. And we can mix it up. So if you're in these games where it's not quite going in your favour, you're not quite getting the build-up right and the fluidity is not there, you have options within the team just without making substitutions to try and change it. And we grew into the game, and I think that's part of um, the reasons as to why. And, and we have to credit Klopp again for that. I think he's been fantastic this season with his substitutions and also recognising when he needs to make changes uh, with the personnel on the pitch and then when to change them. But look, he goes for Graven Burton Jota on the 58th minute. Yeah, so half an hour still to play. And my initial thought with it is great, Jota's on. That's only going to benefit us. And then you look at Graham and Birch and think, as a, as a man that unfairly is coming under a bit of scrutiny at the minute, um, he needs to sort of, every time he touches pitch, just be good, okay to good, if not better. He can't he can't afford to drop a stinker like he did when he came on in, I can't remember what game he came on as a substitute, and he just wasn't great at all. The last um, the fans, yeah. And, and we forget he's a young man, new to the team, you know, new to the league, still finding his way. And I, f I was quite surprised to see, even though his stinker was a stinker, that fans were already sort of had the pitchforks out for him. I'm like, wow, really? I mean, we've seen that he's a talent. Surely we give him more time than this. But you know, it was a, it was a it was nil nil at this stage, and and you know, we're losing two experienced players for 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 Graham Birch, who's a young man. And I thought it was important that he came on and played well. He obviously plays his part in, in winning the free kick for the goal. But um, it was just exciting to see Jota come on the pitch because I felt like in the second half, what we were doing much better is the midfield was getting much more involved. I felt like Curtis was getting on the ball more. That helped the defence out. I felt like Elliot dropping into midfield was much better. Although he was picking up the ball wide right, wasn't doing a whole lot, looked neat and tidy, but wasn't being you know particularly devastating. And so it, it aided the midfield and I felt we were growing into the game. We were able to get a few more attacks and maybe win the ball back a bit earlier and a bit higher to sustain attacks. And then you think, OK, cool, 
now we need now we need the finisher on the pitch just give us a just give him one give him one chance and see if he can do something so subs came at a great time and again credit Klopp for for just tweaking things in the game and helping us sort of grow into it and then you know managing to get the guys on the pitch that could that could make the difference have you read my mind again today this is why you was supposed to host today because I think we're on the same wavelength. The bit that you mentioned and I wanted to come to, A, I forgot to mention crediting Conroy Klopp. We, we've been critical of Klopp in 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 recent last last season about changes and tactical tweaks. He made those tactical tweaks. He needed to make those tactical tweaks. Luis Diaz on the right, Nunes through the middle. Gakpo, not effective, but different through the middle. Mm. But I think Gakpo was just brought in the middle to be replaced by Jota any second. And that's exactly what happened. But the tactical tweaks from Klopp and also Curtis Jones, there was a, I don't know guys, if you remember, but I vividly remember it on the watching it. Curtis Jones, there was a bit where Curtis Jones, I was like rubbing my eyes and saying, is that Genie? Is that Curtis? What? <laughs> there was a, there was a sequence of play where Arsenal were just trying to press us everywhere. Curtis Jones got the ball and it looked like he fended off the whole team and mm. just relaxed everything. And I thought, Curtis Jones, you have also come of age, my brother. Yeah, no, I think yeah, I think I remember there's a few instances like that. I think that was kind of start of the second half, maybe sixty between sixty seventh for a minute. Um yeah, no, I think he's 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 that has improved a lot. I think his decision making's improved a lot as well. Went to release the ball, not to overthink it. I think he's he's been doing well. The biggest credit I can give to Curtis Jones today is he started that game and he didn't look out of place. And there's times where, as as I said, Evan mentioned it last week, he's he's been consistent for probably the past what say five months or so now since that spell end of last season. So and he just kept that 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 standard up. And yeah, I think he's. He'll be in that if you want to say it's, it's hard now if it were you'd say you're what you're 14 players, but you probably say 15, 16 players now because it is such a squad game now because of the five subs. But he's definitely in that now and he'll be pushing for a start in most games. And for the moment, you'd say he's definitely on the, the, the first team sheet. But yeah, he's, he's that comparison is quite, quite apt with Genie because I think at moments you could see he's continued to improve his game. Because obviously he needs to. <laughs> Liverpool aren't fighting relegation in the Premier League. They're like not. It's not you know us you know being being arrogant, but ultimately you're top four, hopefully a title race team. So you have to be at a certain level to be in that squad or and to especially start in that team. So it's great to see, and he deserves the credit he's been get he's been receiving as of late. And yeah, it's it's funny, isn't it? Though it seems to work. It's so funny how it changes so quickly, though. Because I was watching previews all this week, and it was like. Emil Smith Rowe literally went from a year ago to being going to be next wonder kid, and now it's like oh, I can't get, can't find him a position, can't get a game. So I, I would always bear that in mind when it comes to players, especially if that come through. It seems to be it can change very quickly. Hopefully that I don't think that will be the case with Curtis Jones, but I just am a bit baffled sometimes how how fans' minds are so so short. Because I've seen a lot of that on Smith Rowe, but I don't want to digress too much. But I just think in general, it's it was a. A good performance, but can I just add as well on the Jota thing as well, because I don't want to spend too long on that and we've covered it quite well. But what I think about Jota is quite clever as well, especially today, to just to add to your comment on the tactical thing, was he, he did keep dropping in kind of number 10 slots or, you know, in that kind of left side, but 
Morad say a number 10 slot to receive the ball and run it at defence quite direct. And then, yeah. as you've seen for, uh, I think he done that twice and it created, it was the, the goal at the end and also the chance that Diaz had saved by Ramsdale. So you can tell even like little parts of that, tactically this season Klopp's been on it. I would say the difference of last season, Grizz, we would we would probably find we t- it'd be the minority when we'd give him credit on tactical tweaks. This season, it's a minority when we criticise him on tactical tweaks. I think he's, the majority of his decisions with the coaching staff have been pretty good this year, especially when the original plan's not worked. That's that's He deserves a lot of credit on that. Mm. Khalid says, um, uh, appreciate the super chat. Thank you very much. He says, that's so true on Jones. He's matured so much in the last 18 months. By the way, can you guys hear me clearly? People are saying, yep. let me know in the chat. Yeah, okay. Just, just got to mm-hmm. lean in a little bit more, Grizz, you know. Yeah. Lean back. I, I want to just lean back. back. <laughs> All right, I'm going to lean forward. Okay, I get it. Um, he's matured so much in the last 18 months. He's, he's, in my opinion, the first midfielder name on the team sheet at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very, very true. Um, Keith, mm. the game goes on and on <clears> and on. And where it's like uh, you could see... Both teams, more us, don't want to draw. Uh, he makes changes uh, that indicate this as well. He's brave with his changes. Uh, Billy Clark comes on. Connor Bradley comes on, which means Trent goes into the six. Uh, you know, and Trent again, Trent is a right back. And he played brilliantly at right back. Trent plays an inverted fullback, and he had a brilliant game in uh, inverted fullback. And then he played as a six. Guys, this guy we have is an incredible football player that excels in three positions in one game and cap- decides to be captain. Not decides, Klopp decides, but he was given the captaincy on the same day. What a magnificent performance from Trent Alexander Arnold. Well, we're talking about player of the season, as far as I'm concerned. Trent Alexander-Arnold, okay. at this moment in time, is the player of okay. the season. Why are we having debates about whether he's better than Matty Cash or Carl Walker? Oh, That's shit. beneath him. That is beneath Ooh. him. We don't Ooh. need right-back debates anymore about this player. Let's, let's Evan, there is Evan, right. Evan, yeah. there is some debates. He's right. Keith's right. You, there is certain debates. It's amazing, right? It's it's it's, it's how people <clears throat> in the clicks and the views and all that kind of stuff. Let's let's forget about that. We're talking about the player of the season as it currently stands. And what really baffles me, right, is a, a full time we watch a match today, and pundits are programmed to be like, he's great going forward, but. But what? But let's talk about his defensive stats, shall we? Let's talk about his defensive stats. Because his defensive stats... Oh, Martinelli might have took him on a couple of times. Yeah, but Trent made uh, um, the, uh, the highest number of successful tackles, one of the highest in the game. I think only Declan Rice and Joe Gomez made more than him. He won all his aerial duels, right? The guy is the one that is targeted the most. If we look at the Burnley game as an example, Odebert tried 12 times to travel past Trent Alexander-Arnold. Trent won the most amount of tackles in that particular game. Teams, you've got to understand this. Target Trent Alexander-Arnold's side of the pitch because the space is there, which is obvious. Trent gets targeted in 1v1 situations all the time because at the end of the day, it's the space that's left behind him because he's such a forward thinker. But when it comes to doing the defensive work, defending is not all about 1v1 defending. Everyone's so obsessed about it. 
No one talks about the fact that Trent keeps his line very well. No one talks about the, uh, the many, many times where Trent is the last man, uh, the last-ditch challenge or the last-ditch block in situations where the team could score. No one talks about the amount of aerial defensive duels that Trent Alexander-Arnold wins, which is which is very, very high. Yes, his overall defensive numbers might not be as high as other people's, right? But ultimately, his defensive numbers are not bad. And his offensive numbers and what he brings to the team creatively is the best in the world right now. If Gareth Southgate cannot figure out how to put Trent Alexander-Arnold into his team, that's his problem. That should not be the stick that we need to continuously beat this man with. And for the love of God, Danny Murphy, Martin Keown, Alan Shearer, figure it out for yourselves for crying out loud and start to understand that what you are witnessing now is the best player in the country today. And he not only is the best player in the country today, but he gave us the captain's performance when we needed it the most. He stepped up, stepped to the plate, and ultimately, I'll leave it to you, Grizz, to pass it on because I'm sure we're going to get to the first <laughs> moment of madness. Well, no, that is it, Ev. The first goal arrives in the 70... 80th minute. 80th minute. And yeah. it was a kind of inevitable feeling. And his delivery, his ability to deliver... You guys talking about his defensive reading of the game... Guys, I need to see a highlight, but I can remember it. And I'm an old man. For me to remember something, it must have been special. So he intercepts. Help me out here. He intercepts. He reads the game in our own penalty area. He runs past the attacker who's trying yep. to press him. And then he pings a pass with his left foot out to an attacker. My God, Trent Alexander the Great, you are magnificent. And, um, and, and then he delivers a ball on the for the own goal. It's one of those balls where we say the corridor of uncertainty, the cricket term, um, and the defender just, unfortunate, what can you do in that situation? It's just a brilliant delivery. Yeah, and the the moment you just highlighted, Grizz, of him, the ultimate example of playing your way out of pressure, right? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's something that he does last season when he's a bit low on confidence. You know, the, him him playing his way out of pressure in the way that he did – it commits every cardinal sin uh, in the just hoof it out Brexit ball handbook. You know, uh, it's it's indicative of a player who thinks he's one of the best players on the planet. And I'm with Keith, you know, on current form, if you're building a world 11 tomorrow, Trent Alexander-Arnold's in it, as he so often has been since he's emerged in this Liverpool team. Um, and and the, 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 the talk about the defending from both just the larger internet sphere and of course even professional pundits you know i you may, you, i made peace with it a long time ago you know why it happens and why it's blown out of proportion is because there's money to be made on his name like you like you guys have already said there's money to be made on his name because he's cash money on and off the pitch that's how i think about it it generates clicks it generates engagement the scows are in the team he's he's the he's the local poster boy of one of the biggest teams in the world and he's arguably their best player on form and it's it's going to generate the the clicks and the views more than his actual quality demonstrates, and it's the the double standards are ridiculous. I think it's without getting too deep down this rabbit hole. I think I think it says a lot about British media and, and how they treat British players. Um, and because because the amount of times I watched Marcelo just get absolutely cooked 
playing for Real Madrid by a winger faster, stronger, and better than him. Oh, man, how many times did I see that happen during Champions League runs? And nobody cared. Nobody cared. Why? Because there was not a single left back in world football you'd want in the final third other than Marcelo. And that nobody cared, you know, because, you know, he flicked the ball around. He's playing it everywhere. He's Brazilian. He has an afro. Everybody loves him. So, you know, you know, it's just it's just the double standards. Trent lives under a microscope, you know, existing in the English Premier League, you know, you know, at, at the at the whims of the British media and all these things. He's cash money on and off the pitch. That's that's why people talk on his name for both, you know, positive and negative reasons. But you, you can tell and Keith's right to name those pundits. You can tell who's watched at least 10 Liverpool games this season. You got to imagine those. You got to imagine those pundits. Even though it's their job, they have to watch a lot of football. And you, you, you can, you can always tell pundits and commentators give themselves away, you know, with, with just like little things that they say. And, and um, you know, sometimes they really do give themselves away. But mm. I don't feel the need to rush to Trent's defense anymore because he's he's mm. cash on. Let the talent the do the talking, as they say. Fire, yeah. fire. Uh... Uh, lefties are uh, fire fire z fist z sorry maybe it's late and i'm oh, 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 at a long time and but give me easy names in it brother like give me easy <laughs> like change your name if you're gonna do this i can read it like uh, i want to give you the respect and read out your name instead of just reading out the super chat but if you're gonna write that man i'm tired bro like, I'm really tired now, Kev. You might have to take over the last 10 minutes. Yeah. But lefty, lefties are supposed to be techie. What the F is Saka? I'm not going to start. We're, we're too classy on this channel to start talking trash about other players. We're just going to big up our players and say, Gomez, in 90 minutes, twice has just wrap, I'm wrapping up. On a serious note, Grizz, I, I, what is a soccer right now? He's a player that I fear Arsenal might run into the ground. They are running um, him to the ground. Yeah, and because okay. and, and the the stats about how many hits he takes in this league are legit. He, he is targeted in that way. Uh, mm. Fullbacks try to get under his skin like that, and you know, as as a neutral and just as a fan of the game, I don't you know I, I don't want to see him get cooked because of that. So. Kath, before we get mm. on to the to the to the, the final actions and obviously Look, Chris, can I just add what yeah. one thing, just one thing on the trend thing, just just because we mentioned it, um and sorry to interrupt, it's just I don't think we talk about how Watching the game today, so see if Trent gets the ball right back in his own half at you know at the byline and he gets half a second, like I'm watching the game. And I'm thinking, if he gets half, half a second, he's got about 70% chance or say 60% chance that he could do a 60-yard diag and actually find someone. No, no, not play the diag. You know, that that in itself is an achievement. But that's not what he does. It's the way he hits the pass so it lands perfectly. Now, I don't think we talk about that enough. In football, if you are playing, you know, young, you know, like junior football, whatever, you encourage to keep the ball because 95% of people, no, probably 98% of people, I've not got the ability because you will usually get time and space when you get the ball at that at that on the park. You'll usually get time and space, but usually it's ineffective or it's a it's a kind of hit, hit and hope ball. You know, put in an area, flick on. We have a guy who equivalently will have that space to do it, but he's got one of the best passes in the world. Like that's not normal. Like that isn't normal. If you play football and you grow up and you do that, that's not normal because usually that player will have lots of time because that's not seen as a weapon. 
but it's just crazy that like you see it on the TV screen. You see the camera person have to move quickly when he gets half a yard because he has got the ability to hit it that quickly that we're in on the transition. And I just think today I was watching it and I was like, sometimes we get a bit lazy because of that. I think other players sometimes do get a bit lazy. Is maybe the wrong word, complacent, because they just say give it to Trent and he'll do something. But honestly, see when you're watching it and we just normalise that. That's that's crazy. Just ne next time you watch a game, watch a championship game, watch a relegation battle team, watch even a mid-table game. Usually, like someone from there, it's a 50-50 pass hitting a ball up the park. It's it's seen as long ball, you know, like as, as Evan has mentioned, break, like Brexit in the past. It's just the, the, the artillery, is that the right word? That he has is just mm -hmm. next level. And I have to go with what Keith's saying. For some reason, someone who is up with, there with the best at that gets criticised more than personnel. It seems to be people who are not even close to it on the other side get more credit. So I'll give you a good example. Juan Pisaka, and it's not against him personally, right, because there's not, nothing against that guy, but all I hear is he's the best 1v1 defender. I'm sorry, I don't need to rub my eyes. I thought you were a fullback, not a 1v1 defender. Like You're a fullback and you can't cross the road. Right, but you're worth 50 million. That's so. What I'm trying to say is, it seems to be, well, he's the best one v one defender when he's playing. Right, this is this is media. This is not Juan Pesaka. He's not done anything wrong, but it seems to be would they big that player up? But Trent has literally got one of the best right foots in the game. But it's like, but do you know what? He got beat one time in that game, and it's just like it, you're spot on. It's specifically English media as well. It's like they why did they not big those players up? It makes no sense to me, to be perfectly honest. But as you said, Ev because it's a big name and because it's going to continue to be a big name for the foreseeable for the next 10, 15 years, they know they'll get clicks out of it. So sorry, I just had to say that, not to go on, but that train, that right foot is just crazy. So I keep if, saying that. If, but sorry, if, guys. If, if the media and the coaches and the pundits and the ex-players do not recognise the ability, the, the skill levels, the footballing intellect of Trent Alexander-Arnold, it's only their loss, guys. There's only one nation out of the big nations that hasn't won anything recently. How well, which I, nation I'll, is that? I'll take it one step further, Grizz, right? We think about media in this country and in Europe needing superstars to sell football, right? To broadcast it across all of our TVs and all of our streaming services, you need superstars. Now, we're at the end of the Ronaldo-Messi era. Okay, that's gone. I don't think he will replicate them players. And we now have superstars in Haaland and Mbappe and so on and so on, right? Trent is up there. Trent is, I would, and people might not agree with this, a pioneer in football. Correct. He is doing things, right? And he is showing levels of technique that we haven't seen before. And when we talk about who's a better crosser, Trent or Beckham, right? Who's a better fullback, Trent or Kyle Walker? We're always comparing to Trent, and Trent is up there and, and, and matching these players' best abilities as some of his abilities. And you name another player, right, that can you can trust on any single blade on that pitch. He can be at right back. He can be in midfield. He can be in his own box, covering and defending, playing long-range passes. He can put wide crosses in. He can play through balls. He can play it in the air. He can play it on the ground. You put him in the corners. He can put a cross into the box. He can drive into the box. He can shoot. He can hit inside of the foot, outside of the foot. He can put. He can hit free kicks. He can hit corners. You are witnessing 
brilliance mm. I, I can't come up with the adjectives to describe what you are seeing so if you are in the media and you are not looking at this guy to be your pin-up boy for the premier league it's crazy to me and if you're a football that watches him if you're a football fan that that watches liverpool whether you're a fan or not and you just ain't sitting back and looking at this guy and going i'm witnessing a great here i'm witnessing a pioneer of football I really feel for you because I see some of the tech that he is producing and I just feel lucky that not only am I getting to see this as a football fan, I'm getting to see this as a Liverpool fan. He's a scouser in our team that will probably be here for his entire career and he will be captain, not just vice-captain one day. You should feel blessed to witness football like this because I've played football all my life and I've watched football for most of my life, right? And I, I really, I think back to some of the greatest players ever, and I think I will look back at Trent in the exact same way. And I will just think that it will be years, it will be years and decades until a player can replicate anything that this kid can do. He, he's he an all-timer. He's an all-timer. Yeah. Like, I'm going to stop dancing around it. He's 25 and he's an all-timer. Wow. The, he, he's, he's, 20, he's 25 and he is a first ballot Premier League Hall of Famer because the Premier League do that sort of crap now. You know what I mean? You know, this is what Americans say when they're describing American athletes. Premier League does actually have a Hall of Fame now. I, I like to remind people. He's 25, and the first year he's eligible for the Premier League Hall of Fame, 15, 20 years from now, whatever it is, he's going straight in. Like, like let's let's stop dancing around. Like, at a, at a certain point, we have to respect ourselves enough not to entertain people who would rather have Matty Cash in their team because they're trying to increase their ad revenue. Or, or or whatever. So let's let's just leave it there. Um, I, I used the, I used the point though, Chris. I used the point on Trent, and and I link my previous points about crediting Klopp for his tactical switches. And when we talk about putting the pacey guys in Nunes and Diaz out on the wings, right? It's to do with Trent as well. There's two ways you can bypass a press. You can play through it, or you can play over it. Right. We decided, uh, Klopp decided, and the tactics was get the pace out on the wings, get Trent on the ball, right, and hit the wings. Because instead of going direct and hitting two good centre-backs, Aerie Lee and on the ground in Saliba and Gabriel, and giving them the ball back time and time again and allowing them to press us again and come up the pitch, hit the wings where they have Ben White and the guy whose name I can't pronounce, I'm not going to try, who are weaker defenders, and hit them, put it over their shoulder, with the accuracy that Trent has got. And even if it doesn't come to anything, you've put them in the corners of the pitch. Then you can push up your defensive line and you can try press up the pitch, which is your plan A tactic anyway. So I thought the tactical switch and the recognition of, to use Conroy's word, the artillery that Trent has, right, in his feet and the pace that we had and the options we've got at this current moment in time, I thought was brilliant. I thought it was brilliant. Was. I, I think the tactical switch and the use of what we had available was, was fantastic. And lo and behold... Where do we get the free kick? In the wide areas, further up the pitch. Were we getting there in the first half? No. comes about because of tactical intelligence. And I thought it was showcased brilliantly today. Not only that, we've spoken about the Nunes on Ben White. Um, Diaz was switched to the right. And we've discussed Diaz quite a few times on this show this, this season. Um, you know, he's gone through hell. Absolute hell and back. And so we're a patient bunch on this on this show. We'd like to think. So we knew, let's just give him a bit of time. He's got a bit of credit. It was very, 
it was very what's the word I'm looking for, guys? Because he got injured there last season, where I thought yeah. he was started off the season. It's poetic, poetic, it's poetic. justice yeah. that he comes back to the scene where he got injured after being probably our best attacker to the start of last season. Pretty much ruins his whole year. Uh, comes back and that second half puts on on the back of oh, his brilliant performance in the in the game previously. Uh, puts on a sizzling display uh, and ends up scoring the second goal. Uh, Diogo Jota is pivotal in it. Like one of you mentioned that he started dropping deep, um, collects the ball. His choice, Jota's one of those guys just makes the right choice as a forward. Yeah. He just makes the right choice. No, If it's no frills, it's no frills. If he needs to do something different, he tries to do something different. Might not always come <clears> off. But it's the right choice. We see, ah, we see what he's trying. You know, when we, we see a player and we think, oh, we know what he's trying to do there. Like, we know what we see with Jota. He's, oh, he's trying to do the right thing. We saw, put it out to Diaz. He puts it out to White to Diaz. And Diaz does a no-look blast into the top corner scenes. You know what? I'll go back slightly because I just want to give someone a little bit of credit. It's simple. So simple. Yeah, he does it simply. But I thought Ryan Gravenberg, last couple of cameos, he was getting every pass wrong, every dribble wrong, not not understanding. But I thought when he came on in his cameo, he started to just get a few things right. And because it's Arsenal trying to get the equaliser, they throw Gabriel up front, and it's actually Gabriel who gets pressed by Gomez and Ryan Gravenberg. Ryan comes out with the ball, plays it out to Nunes, who's on the wide. Nunes plays it to Jota, and to your point, the, it's so funny because someone pointed this out that Jota's almost telling people where to go as he's dribbling. So you'll see him Brilliant. pointing around as well. So Brilliant. clearly, his FIFA playing time is really working now because you know he's knowing how to, you know, instruct. Characters he's on, he's on the clock, Keith. He's got a tournament at seven o'clock. He's like, let's he get this. Yeah, yeah, he needs this wrapped up. <laughs> what do you? He's like, what do you mean a replay? You know, I, I don't got time for a replay. You know? <laughs> Go weekend league starting 30 minutes. Go weekend league, exactly. Um, pretty fast. And then um look, Luis Diaz did Luis Diaz never got the same type of um uh, what's his uh, I suppose from the from the wider public. He's he never really got the same type of um uh sympathy, empathy, time, you know. I mean the guy was had a serious injury. Then he re-ruptured re, uh, that injury again, and he was out for a significant amount of time. He comes back to Liverpool. Five minutes later, his dad's been kidnapped in Colombia, and he's going through his physically, he's been broken down. Emotionally, he's been broken down, and he's still required to obviously play football in front of 40,000, 50,000 people. His but family, just... sorry. just We keep saying dad. His family was kidnapped. His dad was yeah. just held the longest. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah. I mean... This guy's been through a lot, you know what I mean? Like most, most, you know, it'll crumble, man. Most people will be asking for um, uh, uh, leave, sick leave, do you know what I mean? For at least a couple of weeks, maybe even months from what he's been through. But just recently, man, that game against, um, the last game we played against Newcastle, that was the first signs of something happening. Today, I thought at times he was, he was, he was trying, things weren't sticking to him as much. But like you said, Grizz, that second half, he started to find a little bit more space and he started to make things happen. You thought that might not be his day, but that finish was world class. Top mm. bins. <clears throat> and ultimately, the difference from all the attackers today, because all the attackers fluff their lines, miss hits here, 
Darwin Nunes, great chance he had when he bent it wide. Should have scored maybe with the header. Everybody Havar, Saka, but Diaz was the player that stepped, the forward that stepped up and showed that real element of quality and class to finish the game off. And I think he is going to benefit the most from Mo Salah's absence, mm. in my opinion. We, I, I, think, think I, think, I think he made a case for himself at right wing today uh, going forward as well. Because if, if the consensus is Jota is too good, to 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 leave on the bench for the most important occasions and we kind of have to try to continue to get things out of Nunez then the logical explanation um is to move uh Diaz into a right wing position allow Jota and Gakpo to battle it out for left wing move Darwin Darwin central and you know we we just talked about how effective Jota is but it's not a great pass to Diaz yeah. let, let's be honest Diaz still has quite a bit Quite a bit to do, and and I also just want to shout out Jota. What I think, I think the key to Jota's secret sauce, not to reveal it to the internet for all to see. Yeah, but I think I think he's the best. He, he he's the best at playing s- simply, uh, out of anybody in the front three. Yeah. He's never contemplating more yeah. than two decisions at once, and that allows him to play football at at a speed and at a at a rate that's comfortable for him. I, I never sort. I never really see Jota rattled off of the way he wants to play his game. Whereas mm. I might see that occasionally from Diaz and Nunez and, and the other guys. But yeah, uh, Diogo Jota and Diaz combining effectively. Those guys are dogs. They're willing runners. So even when things aren't coming off for them, they have the graft, which makes it easier to forgive. I'm- and sorry, one more. That just puts the steel of approval to Evan's point that you made previously. Once again, the five contributing to goals. Liverpool scored 72 goals this season. And yes, it's been shared. I mean, yes, Mo Salah is ahead, but it's been shared between those five. And they keep doing it, man. They keep doing it. I didn't want Why to... a no-look finish, though? <laughs> why? Can anyone explain to me? Because he, he, he had a... He... He had Why to not? keep an eye on all the puddles on the pitch to make sure he didn't flip and slide. <laughs> and no yeah. look finish is mental from there. That is a great. That, I don't. Hey, maybe the, maybe the, maybe the Bobby Firmino appearance Anfield last season was the inspiration yeah. that. Hey, there was a Bobby needed. on the pitch, but yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. guys. I don't want to. I don't want to finish the show without mentioning a couple of the youngsters that came on the pitch. Um, and I spoke about sort of where I got the most excited when I saw that uh, the Gerald Kwanzaa tackle. That was huge. Um, but also, uh, Ibs reminds us, we took some strategic yellow cards too, which was good to see. Yes. I loved that. I absolutely loved it. That was another one of those where I jumped for joy, fist pumping, everything. When we just scythed them we had no intention to do anything else. How many times have we seen them skin past a couple of defenders and create a chance? No, sir. Billy Clark, is it? Yeah. Bobby. Bobby, Bobby Clark, Clark, close B. Yeah. You know, it's late Sunday night time. Bobby Clark and Connor Bradley's cameo, where he had Martinelli scrambling was hilarious i don't know who wants to talk on the youngsters and their mini cameos but i loved their cameos in terms of cynicism in terms of street sharpness wiseness in terms of intelligence as well in, in connor bradley's couple of plays i thought it was lovely to see open house can i can i just start off by just not talking about the players i let you guys do that but just to switch it back to to klopp and, and praising him again when arsenal build up their attack right 
Odegaard will float around the midfield, but he'll more often than not go to the right side and try and link up with Saka. And I felt mm-hmm. like, and it might just be in today's game, that the attack down the left side was always just the left winger. And it's especially the case when Martinelli comes on the pitch, that he picks up the ball and it's kind of like, just leave him to it, let him try beat Trent. And he was, you know, he beat him on a couple of occasions in, in close proximity. And I don't know if this was the plan or whether this is just how it panned out, but to I felt like by bringing on two youngsters, having two youngsters that would work hard and be behind the ball and have almost two defenders standing in front of Martinelli, as opposed to just leaving Trent with him one-on-one, was a tactical switch to try and nullify him and whilst also getting Trent into the midfield. So I I just thought that that was really smart because when I saw the two youngsters come on, I thought, gee, this is brave. This is, this is, this is either not throwing the game, but kind of accepting that it might go, you know. And um, But actually, as it panned out and the success they were getting defending Martinelli, who looked like a real threat at the time, I thought, actually, this might just be a numbers game, you know. This might just be a case of, instead of leaving Trent one-on-one, actually just get two players that are going to stick on that right side and make sure they both get back when Martinelli gets the ball to defend. Might might have been a tactical thing. Might have just well, been that the way that their enthusiasm carried them into them positions. I don't know, but it worked in my opinion. Well, what one one part of it is the fact that when Declan Rice picks up that ball, that's a there was a break on. There was about four players on the right-hand side for Arsenal that were ready to go. Declan was one switch away from um, having an overload on the right-hand side. And it was the spirit of James Milner. that Yes! Yes! That was James Milner. If ever I've seen a James Milner yellow card in the 85th minutes. Love it. <laughs> Cleans him out. And I just thought that, I mean, you're a young boy, but clearly the, the you know, the, 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 the elder lads have, have, have had an effect on you. Um, Connor Bradley, for me, uh, he must be doing something right. And I thought today was the first time we actually really got to see him challenged. I thought he won his headers uh, uh, amazingly well. I thought Martinelli, after a while, just kind of seemed to give up. Um, you know, yeah. I, you know, Connor Bradley reminded Martinelli that Martinelli this season has been playing like the Brazilian Stuart Downing, as far as I'm concerned. Wow. He's all dribbles and no end product. He's been terrible. And Connor Bradley just... Decided to put him in his pocket. I thought Clark was nice and tidy. I'm very interested to see Bobby Clark and what he becomes because Klopp seems to rate him very high, very highly. Um, to continue the, the, the whole consensus it. was that he was going to play a role earlier yeah. in, in the Europa League and things, but he, he picked up an unfortunate injury. Yeah. Um, I I, I want to say just on Connor Bradley, I I think there actually could be a pathway here. Because because before you know you're you're coming in it's just like okay well Trent's an out and out right back when are you ever gonna play you know so but I actually think given given how fluid Trent's positional identity is these days there could be a route here for Connor Bradley and his his loan wasn't terminated because it, it wasn't going well you know we 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 are fending we are actively fending off interest as we speak mm. uh, you know because I, I think the the Scottish Giants were were after uh, Connor Bradley did, did I see that correctly or or, or you know, there, there's there was interest for for Connor Bradley to to continue his development elsewhere. But I think the fact that he's here shows quite quite a bit of trust and maybe says a bit of something says a bit of something about Trent's uh, positional future for for the rest of the season at the very least. I also just want to say um, shades of Rafael Camacho's cameo against Crystal Palace at right back a few seasons ago. 
oh, where we were oh. where we, yeah. we were holding wow. on for our dear life after shit housing a comeback against crystal palace at home zaha had just been tormenting us all game he had already scored i think and then camacho had to come on and dm up for like six minutes and he won like all three tackles against him and i was like let's go let's go Guys. so sh shades of that reminded me just a, just on um Connor Bradley, I think they said it in commentary, but I had to look into it myself. He was on loan at uh, Bolton, who, of course, are a League One side. Yeah. He played 41 times, you know, yeah, which yeah, is quite yeah. a successful loan spell. He scored five goals and he, he won Player of the Year, Young Player of the Year and Players Player of the Year. So I know it's only a League One standard, but even so, that's a successful loan spell. That's a youngster that's getting game time. And to be brought back and put into the fold, okay, he's going to step in more as a substitute on the odd occasion, but that's really, really good for his progression, you know, and, and it's not surprising to see he steps in and does well because clearly there's a player there. All the great Liverpool teams, and I know everyone talks about all the great Liverpool teams have a great Scots and great Scott in there, but all the great, great Liverpool teams of the past have a good Irishman in there as well. And Connor Bradley, speaking to the Irish lads that I know, they speak very highly of this kid. Unfortunately, he plays in the position like we've discussed uh, as an all-timer, a Hall of Famer. So it might be a bit difficult, uh, but stick in there, Connor. Stick in there, son. Guys, we could speak about this great institution, this club, the club at the end, fist pumps. It meant something to him suddenly. He knows momentum is building up. We could speak all night. I must, must end the show. I need sleep and I need it urgently. Uh, Liverpool have no time to rest though because in a matter of 72 hours maybe or less we have a, a semi-final to play it's no rest for the wicked right wow. guys mm. it's mad we go again basically mm. yeah Anyone? Fulham on Wednesday isn't it first leg Fulham, yeah, Fulham on Wednesday first leg Fulham of Wednesday. a two leg tie yeah, um, yeah. I mean, do, what have... do we do what do we do do we just pretty much same squad really just adding Virgil. Yeah, we got for me personally, we go as strong as possible uh, because we have a ten day break after that. Then, yeah. So, so we can hopefully rest and recover after that. And you're at Anfield. Momentum will carry you. There should be a bounce inside of there now, and you try and get a strong, strong lead in that first tie before you go to the Craven Craven Cottage Which for the second leg. Yeah, and look, it's a, it's a semi, it's a semi final. You you, mm. you can almost um, you can almost touch the trophy at this point. So um, you have to take it seriously, then. lads, through. lads. And we're not ones to get carried away on this show. But what what kind of quad is this? <laughs> like, what's the Ooh. name for it? Is this because this is not the quad quad, is it? Because of the Europa League participation, is this like a? Feel like a quad, you know how you you had the, the A treble when you won the UEFA Cup, Worthington A the League Cup and FA Cup, so it's a quadruple. Still win a treble though as well with a Europa yeah. League, so I, I'd take that. Maybe this would be the quartet, and then nope. and then and then the and then the UCL version would be the quad, which has Europa a bit more quad. of a bit more of a manly yeah, yeah. to the word. Uh, shout out to Liverpool's 12th man who was a brilliant caller on the call-in show yesterday. 
uh, Europa quad, he says, we've got baby quad, we've got mini baby quad, quad. <laughs> we've got the fraud quad. <laughs> Actually, like that. I like that one. Junior quad, we've got. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but what? Well, listen, hey, we're jesting. Before we get clipped up and said, "Oh, red fellas, we're talking about quad chart." We're not. We're just. We're just having fun and thinking of names for teams that would be in a quad race of this type. Thank you very much, Kev. Thank you very much, Evan. Thank you very much, Conroy. Thank you very much, Mr. Cross. I've really enjoyed the show. You've revitalized my levels of energy. I don't think I'm going to see it through. Never mind one hour, nearly 40 minutes. 500 of you have stayed constantly with us, which is magnificent for a Sunday night. I believe tube strikes are cancelled as well i'm sure a lot of you got to start working in the morning so we're going to let you leave we're going to let us leave this has been red fellas hope you guys have smashed the like button if you haven't you have still time to do so hope you guys have subscribed if you haven't you still have time to do so this has been red fellas sunday night liverpool are on a fraud quad charge take it Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.